0: Greetings, salutations, and a happy Friday to all of my planeswalkers throughout the multiverse. It is great to see that you have planeswalked or clicked that download button to join us for a special episode of Draft and Draft. My name is Corey, your limited lore master, and joining me as always, he's more than a two-two-for-two. He is a bear buddy, a bartender. Call him a bear tender. His name is Borok. My bear buddy, how are you feeling today? <laughs> Yes, Warrock, I saw that same NPR article, and I want to dig into it and introduce a special new segment here on Draft and Draft, but before we get to that, a few bits of housekeeping and upkeeping. This podcast, as always, is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out at BLEAV.com for shows from a variety of different topics, be it house. Be it life, culture, pop culture, and more. Find them wherever you download your podcasting fun. As always, this podcast is dedicated to all of my Unlucky Lounge Rats out there tuning in week after week, helping us celebrate the game that brings us all together. So find me on Twitter, Draft and Draft Corey, Instagram, Corey Enriquez, or you can find us on our Patreon, Draft and Draft, and MTG podcast. Well, that is the housekeeping. The Sorcerer's Broom is put back into the conjurer's Closet. And, Borak, let's circle back to our little lead-in just a few moments ago. And that was the NPR article that was published yesterday that has to do with Magic the Gathering. Yeah, Borak, I read this article this morning, the morning of July 31st, and it really resonated with me in a few of the episodes that we kind of just created the RPG effect and how this show is created with the social gathering aspect in mind this NPR article entitled in the pandemic era this gathering has lost some of its magic now NPR isn't necessarily fully wrong about this I mean at its core yes we've lost a main part of our gathering and ironically they also touched on the card price economy, which becomes even harder to justify in a mix of our current economic culture and with the rise of online clients. And the fact that this article came out just after we did our own introspective on the game means to me that while analysis is great, I think it's important as well for us to take further steps. And with that in mind, I am pleased to introduce our newest type of episode to the Draft and Draft Compendium. This is what I like to call Friday Night Podcast. This is a small bonus episode that's going to focus on the thing that brought me into the culture of the game. And that is Friday Night Magic. FNM was a tradition that me and my friends held true to. It was our way of getting together after a busy week, enjoy the newest sets and expansions, play standard, draft a deck, whatever kind of magic you love to play, you found it at Friday Night Magic. And so, this is our introductory FNP episode. In these type of episodes, we're going to do what I love to do at Friday Night Magic, and that is Drafting Decks. This is where we're going to be focusing a lot of our main play-by-play drafting. The same things that we did with our individual episodes that had a live draft feel. For example, when we played with Let's Draft or our different Journey to Mythic Nations. While allowing the main numbered series to be more about the storytelling elements and the different kinds of guests and interactions that we might be having with cards, with personalities and other content creators. Now, I am sure that my unlucky lounge rats out there know that the world we currently live in is ever-changing, ever-fluctuating. I know my situations kind of change on a daily basis. So while we will strive to bring out our FNP podcast on the weekly, we're not going to behold ourselves to having to do it every week. Sometimes we might get busy. I didn't always make Friday Night Magic, but I certainly made a concerted effort to, and that's my goal with FNP. In my attempts to try and bring that gathering feel, I'm gonna let you be my birds. You're gonna watch my draft log, I'm gonna post information on my social media, and you can give me your feedback and input. That's how we grow. That's how we learn more about our limited environments, is by wrapping in those 20 through 23rd final playable cards, having a good discussion, and that discussion helps us create insights. And also, just a little side effect of FNP, Friday Night Podcast. Even if you don't listen to it on Friday, and you get to it on Monday or Tuesday, you got your headphones in, and... Well, the bosses that walk by your cubicles like mine... They don't really notice when you're listening to a podcast if it's, say, a draft vlog. But it's a lot harder to conceal it when you're on Twitch. So, hey, we're happy to be your sneaky play-by-play draft experience. <laughs> yeah, Borak, sometimes it feels good to be bad. And what a day to be having our inaugural episode of FNP. On Magic Arena, we're doing some more throwback. We just came off of a week of Throne of Eldraine, as you heard, with our last Journey to Mythic Nation episode, and now we're turning back the clock even further to a revered draft format known as Dominaria. Yes, we're going to the iconicized Dominaria limited environment, and we're going to go ahead and jump into one of those drafts right now. Yeah, I actually did make it to the top 1200 to do the monthly qualifying thing. It's probably standard again and won't end up playing it, but hey, it's a little feather to put into one's hat. So the draft is ready and we're underway. Our rare is Torikar, Famine Incarnate played a lot of Dominaria, I barely remember this card. It's a 7-6 for eight mana. As an additional cost to cast a spell, you may sacrifice any number of creatures, and it costs two less. For each creature, sacrifice this way. When it enters the battlefield, one target player's life total becomes half their starting life total rounded down. Basically, we're not gonna pick that card. Uh, our notable commons, we have Get Your Journey Mage. It's a role player in the wizard deck, but not that good. Sycopate's not bad. Aven Sentry is good, but the Uncommons is where it's at. Board the Weatherlight, not a great one. It's one of those dig for a historic card. We have Merfolk Trickster. Two blue mana for a 2-2 flash. You tap the creature and it loses all abilities. But our pick, not close, is in Bolus's clutches. Four colorless blue blue. It is a mind control that makes the controlled... Permanent legendary card is great. Card is grand. Okay. Yeah, Borak, we're happy to see it, and I particularly like blue in this set. Uh, in the second pick are uncommons: are Thorn Elemental, Damping Sphere, and Juggernaut. The rare was taken. Uh, in the common slots. There is a sergeant in arms such as the kicker 2-3 that makes 1-1 one, one soldiers. Coldwater Snapper, the 4-5 hex proof for 6, which is great. Uh, and there's also a Talarian Scholar, the 2-3 three for 3, that's a wizard. Ended up being, you know, pretty reasonable in the format in the long term. But our picks go between uh two black cards. There's a Death Bloom Thalid, of course we know this from M21, but our pick is going to be Vicious Offering. It's one to black target creature gets minus two minus two and it has a kicker cost of sacking a creature which then makes the spell a minus five minus five cards good we're starting off on two solid pieces of removal and black blue control is a pretty decent deck in the format from what i've seen in the past next pack uh we see the following black blue cards not a lot there's a rescue there is a cabal paladin this is a card that kind of came around in my estimation of the format over time. I'm not too into taking Cabal Paladin so early, uh, but those are the only black blue uh, uh, common cards. Then there's a Gitu Chronicler. It's the 1 3 with kicker 4 for 2 mana, and when it's kicked, you return an instant or sorcery. But I think what we will end up taking is a Memorial to Folly. It's the black land that sacks to raise dead, return a creature card from graveyard hand for 3 mana. It's a solid role player. There's not a lot of other things. The only thing I'd really consider is the Cabal Paladin. There's a Call to Cavalry, but that's definitely not the deck for this. So we're gonna take the black land and see where we go from there. In the next pack, there is a Gideon's Reproach. It is one and a white. It deals four damage to target attacking or blocking creature. It's a good piece of removal. There is Guardians of Quelos. It is five colorless mana for a four, four. When an ETBs, you return a historic permanent. You control to its owner's hand. Historic permanents are, of course, artifacts, sagas, and legendary creatures. There's still a legendary creature in this pack. It's Slinn Voda, the Rising Deep. Eh, it's not really a good limited card. It's an 8-8 eight, eight for 8 with kicker 1 to blue. When it's kicked, you return all creatures except for merfolk, krakens, leviathans, octopuses, and serpents. That leaves us with opt, 1 blue, scry 1 draw card. There's a syncopate. And there is a Dark Bargain. I'm kind of inclined to go with the Dark Bargain right now. It keeps us on to black. And, I mean, I still want to play this Imbols Clutches a lot, but we'll kind of see and judge from here. Next pack, rare still there. Cabal Stronghold. It's the black land that kind of acts like a Cabal Coffers, but it's just not that good. There's another Dark Bargain. Uh, for a blue card, the uncommon, we have Sentinel of the Pearl Trident. Three, 3 for 5. Flashes, you may exile a historic permanent control. If you do, return it under your control at the end of the next end step. Not bad. Besides that, there's not a lot going on here. I'll probably just take the Sentinel. Maybe we can try and find some legendary synergies. Oh, that's cute. You can you flash it in and exile the impulses clutches and then reattach it to something else that's just not great but cute oh, oh Borak. yeah uh, i don't know these packs are not looking great maybe it's just the luster and the new contemporary power level that's kind of skewing my thoughts here in this pack we've got yargol the for five, the memeable card of the set there is Cabal Paladin, the 4-2 for four. I like that it is a way to end the game. There's also a Soul Salvage, but we really need to find some creatures. I I think just for raw power level, Soul Salvage is better. So we'll just take the Soul Salvage and go from there. All right, now we're starting to find some low-costing payoff cards here. Caligo Skin Witch. That is the 1-3 for one and a black with Kicker 4 when it ETBs. Each opponent discards two cards, which is pretty great. There's another Rescue, not the deck that we're trying to go to. There's a Blood Tallow Candle, but, I mean, we just can't not take the Calgo Skin Witch. And, yes, that was a double negative, and I don't mind. Right now, we've got four black cards, a Black Memorial to Folly, Sentinel, the Pearl Trident, and in bolsas Clutches. Given the choice, I really want to stay on the blue plan. In bolsas Clutches is quite strong, and this pack I don't think is going to sway us off that either there is a demonic vigor it's the aura that when the creature dies you return it to its hand a second soul salvage and a guardians of huelos i'm gonna take the guardians maybe we can make something happen there's also get to chronicler mm, all right maybe we do take the Gitu chronicler no i can't be no, i'm going with the guardians i don't think a semi grixis build is where we want to be in this format Uh, In the table pack, this is pick 9, the two relevant cards are Guardians of Quelos and Cabal Paladin. I'll take the the Paladin there. Maybe we can start to get some kind of historic thing going on. Uh, Pick 10, pack 1, Telerian Scholar, 2-3 for 3, not too shabby. And then we get to pick up another Cabal Paladin. If our opponents don't have active removal, these Cabal Paladins can do some work. Uh... There's now a Guardians, a Guy's Blessing, and a will Servant. I'm gonna take the Servant. If we get an Ice Manipulator, we're in business. Run out the pack with our second Dark Bargain, a Frenzy Rage, not where you really wanna be, and let's go to pack two, where, oh, buddy. Whew. Our rare is Helm of the Host. This is an artifact equipment that's legendary. Uh, it costs four, it equips for five, but at the beginning of combat on your turn you create a token that is a copy of the equipped creature except it isn't legendary uh, and the token gains haste. This card is such a value engine. It seems unassuming but this card takes over the game significantly and it will be our pick. Where we look at the table there's a vicious offering which was sad to see, there's a thalid omnivore. It's better in the green-black uh, sapling deck, but it'd be fine. There's a lingering phantom. It's a 5-4 for 6. When you cast a historic spell, you pay a black and return it from your graveyard to hand. Uh, I mean, there's no way we're going to table the vicious offering. Maybe we'll table the phantom, but even then, I don't know if we're going to play it. But help the host get in the deck. Pick 2, pack 2. There isn't a lot just at first glance. There's a vidalian arcanist. It's a 1-3... You tap it to produce a colorless mana only used for instance and sorcery spells. There is another soul salvage. We're not quite there. There is a wizard's retort. It is the counter spell, uh, the cancel that costs one less if you control a wizard. It's not a bad pick. It's between that and Vidalian Arcanist. I think I'm gonna go with the counter spell for now. We can maybe pick up another Vidalian Arcanist, but if we get another one of these, it's actually a relatively decent curve to have a wizard on two into a wizard's retort, save some mana for other effects, pretty nice. Our next pack, the following cards, we have an opt. There is a Whisper Blood Lethargist. It's a two, two for four. You sack two creatures and return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. That's okay. There's also Chainer's Torment. It deals two damage to each opponent, and then you gain two life, and then eventually you make an XX Black Nightmare Horror Creature Token, where X is half your life rounded up. It's not great, it's fine. There's also a Death Bloom Thalid. I'm just gonna take the Thalid. Goes nicely with the Vicious Offering. And from my memory, Chainer's Torment was not great. It was good in Control matchups, but not really great other places. Pack two, pick four. We're seeing a short sword, a lot of green cards. There's a sapling migration and a Yavamaya Safford Whoa. Like maybe we're supposed to be green. It didn't look like it in pack one. Uh, we'll probably end up taking an Academy Journey Mage. This is the three, two, four, five, cost one less. If you control a wizard, and then it bounces a creature an opponent controls. Just a nice utility card can help us stall out the game. Maybe we can get a late opt in this pack. We already saw a few. Next pick, not a lot going on here. There is a Navigator's Compass, which ugh, I know that this was like kind of coming around at the end but of the last time we were in this one, but it's just not that good. There's a, another Voltaic Servant. There's a Power Stone Shard. This pack is just not great for us. Let's go ahead and take the Compass. Ah, whatever. It's just not good. Um, there's no way I'm going to play this card. All right. Pick 6, pack 2, Uncommons. A lot of the Fire Fletchers there. Uh, the Wall. The Amorithine Wall. is 6 It gets indestructible for an active ability of 2 colourless. We'll probably take our next Death Bloom Phthalad here, two of them. We need to find some more two drops, though. We need some early interaction, Borok. And we're not really seeing it in this pack. Uh, for blue cards, there are zero. There's a handful of white cards. There's a Cabal Paladin, which we already have two of, but we'll probably take the Stronghold Conf- Confessor. It's a 1-1 with Menace. Kicker, three us If it's kicked, it enters with two Pulse 1, Pulse 1 counters. It's modal. If we're in an aggro matchup we can maybe play it out early i don't think we want to though but a 3-3 with menace for four isn't too shabby plus can help us fuel the soul salvage speaking of soul salvage we could pick up our third one in pick eight of pack two there's a rat colony rat colony is a 2-1 rat that gets plus 1 plus 0 for each other rat you control and you can have any number of rat colonies we'll take the rat colony if we need some two drops and now the table pack has come around There is a Thalid Omnivore. There's two Deathbloom Thalids that are there, but we'll take the Lingering Phantom. It did table around to us. We'll see if that ends up being relevant. Now we get our second Soul Salvage, and we did get the Chainer's Torment. Maybe we end up playing this card if we just keep bouncing it up and down with, say, a Sentinel of the Pearl Trident or Guardians of Quelos. Maybe we can make something happen with that. All right at the rest of pack two with a bunch of random chaos. The 06 well for four comes back around. I totally forgot about that card, Borak. Well, here comes pack three, pick one. The following things are here. The rare is Demon Lord Belzenlock. It's going to be hard for us not to take this one. It's a 6 6 for 6. Flying trample. one enters the battlefield, you exile a card from the top of your library. Until so you exile a non land card, you put that card into your hand. If the CMC is four or greater, you repeat the process and it deals one damage to you for each card put in your hand this way. It's big. It's massive. It flies. It's aggressive. Uh, other notable things in the pack: there's an Urza's Tome, which might actually be okay for us if we can put together a few more historic synergies. I would love to table this Deep Freeze, though. That card is juicy. Uh, it's the O4 that it's the <laughs> aura that makes the enchanted creature an O4. It's like a good pacifism effect. Speaking of Bells and Lock, the next rare is Rite of Bells and Lock. It is a saga, chapters 1 and 2, create zero, 2 zero, one black creature tokens, and then you make a 6 6 demon creature with flying, and that makes you sack a creature. This card is quite good for us, I think. There is a Skittering Surveyor, though. Oh man, I do love me some Skittering Surveyor. It's one of the best cards in the format, and it's also a construct, but Rite of Bells and Lock is, I think, exactly what we want. <laughs> Yes, Borak, we have a lot of bombs. We need some early interaction. And we do find a vicious offering in pick three, pack three. That's a juicy pickup. We have a number of Deathbloom thalots already. That was really nice to see. Pick four, not much. There is a Sorcerer's Wand. There is a Jousting Lance, an Aster Glider, the 2-1 Flyer. There's a Feral Abomination. This is not a great pack. I'll take the Sorcerer's Wand, and I will put it straight into the sideboard. Ah. Yes, Brock. This pack is kind of interesting. First is the rare. It's the dread shade. It's black, black, black for a 3-3 that has the shade ability of pay a black and give it plus and plus one until end of turn. These triple mana cost rares are typically not very good good, and you have to think about really reliably casting them on turn six. There's also a Divest, and I think I'm going to take it. It's like the thought sees duress of this format, and it's just that little extra early interaction, and I think I have enough card advantage to circumvent any loss if it misses. All right, so now we have a Knight of Malice in the pack, which is great. We want this early interaction. It's a 2-2 first strike Hexproof from whites, Gets a bonus... If any player controls a white permanence, yeah, this card's great, and we need an early interaction anyway. We'll take another Death Bloom with Thalid because we can. We have two Vicious Offerings, happy to make the third one of those. Then we get a pick between Guardians of Coelos and an Opt. There's also a Final Parting, which is just not very good. So, Guardians is really good for our n- a number of our kind of interactions. We have two Sagas. I think we're just going to take the Op, though. I'd rather just have consistent draws and best of one limited. So now we have that Urza's Tome. Urza's Tome is kind of nice. I don't think we're there. No, we'll just take this Divination. Divination has to be better. Take another ops. So, my lucky loudrats, we're we're ending this pack three, a bunch of random stuff. So we ended up in a black-blue control big explosive plays kind of build. The highlights of this are that we have Double Vicious Offering. We've got limited early game, which can be a problem, although I think the Divest is going to be one of those key role players to help me out with the Blue-White flyers matchup, the Wizards aggressive matchup, and having the Double Vicious Offering should help me get to the later game. Where this deck is really going to shine. Between Helm of the Host, Demon Lord, Bells and Lock, In Clutches. If I can survive to turn 6 comfortably, I should be able to win relatively reasonably. Well, my unlucky lounge rats, thanks for tuning in to our first episode of FNP Friday Night Podcast. What is the final 40 of this deck going to look like? Well, to find out find us on twitter draft and draft c1 also draft and draft cory and you're going to be able to find the images for this deck the final builds and you'll get updates on how the deck does as i play it out here on this magical friday and i would love to know from all of you what do you think about this type of episode is this something that appeals to you is this something that is going to bring that gathering back into our g of mtg That's the goal. So follow us on Twitter. If you have a chance, give us those ratings on Apple Podcast or wherever you download your podcast to help us spread this show around. And thank you once more for tuning in to this special edition of Draft & Draft in our new segment of FNP Friday Night Podcast. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm ready for this week to be over and the weekend to begin. So we'll wrap up this episode right here. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. My name is Corey, joined alongside Borak. Now go out there and make some magical memories of your own. We'll hear from you real soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding.